Hello, hello, and welcome back to Something to Noodle On. With all the tech layoffs this year, and really just companies trying to tighten their bottom line after record-breaking profits from the pandemic, it has a lot of us looking for new employment. Or maybe the pandemic caused you to realize what is truly important in your life and you want to switch gears entirely. Either way, a jump in careers or starting over new might make us feel a little bit like a fraud. So today, I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. I'm sure most of us have experienced this at least once in our lives, and for some of us, maybe it's even more of an ongoing problem. Before we dive in, if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving us a five-star rating. It goes a long way in getting our podcast seen by other listeners, so thank you so much for sticking with us and choosing something to doodle on. All right, let's dive in. So what is imposter syndrome? Well, have you ever felt like you won an award that you didn't really deserve, especially since everyone else competing for it was a thousand times better than you? Or have you shied away from seeking promotions at work because you still feel like you're not good enough at your job yet, despite the years of preparation and previous professional success? Well, you might be suffering from imposter syndrome if you said yes to one or all of those. Not to call you out or anything. (laughs) Imposter syndrome is that nagging voice we sometimes hear that tries to convince us that we're not as good as we really are. It fills us with self-doubt and leaves us questioning the knowledge, skills, and expertise we've acquired. Our mind tells us that we're fooling everyone else around us, and it's just a matter of time before they figure out that we are indeed a fraud, maybe inadequate, or worse, incompetent. And as an added cherry on top, this feeling persists despite all evidence of the contrary. No amount of compliments, high scores, awards, special recognition, even promotions or any other tangible, measurable, concrete proof will convince us that we're not just trying to fake it until we make it. There's always some external reason for our success, like random luck or just good timing. Imposter syndrome is a psychological and behavioral phenomenon that is fairly non-discriminatory in who it chooses to afflict. Any person, regardless of race, sex, or income level, can experience imposter syndrome during one or many of the various situations in their lives. Though statistically, it's more commonly documented in high-achieving women thanks to early studies conducted on this topic. I wonder if that has something to do with women entering the workforce after men and feeling as if we don't belong in a quote-unquote man's working world, and that we need to get back to the kitchen to be homesteaders or whatever. Though it doesn't just affect women, it also affects individuals of all education levels and areas of expertise. We're talking students, athletes, creative professionals, even lawyers and top-level corporate executives are at risk of imposter syndrome too, especially if they find themselves in highly competitive or achievement-oriented environments. The feeling of inadequacy often stems from comparing ourselves to others, but it can still be present even when we're alone in our own little bubbles. Here at Something to Noodle On, we generally try to see both sides of an issue, but imposter syndrome doesn't really have any redeeming qualities. 
It's a wholly negative experience that affects our sense of self-worth, our professional academic relationships, and even the work we produce. None of us like to feel that we're not good enough, especially when we're following our intimately chosen pathways through life. It's natural to experience self-doubt or feelings of inadequacy once in a while, especially when we're first starting out. But over time, as experience accumulates, those feelings tend to fade away. But when imposter syndrome settles in and makes itself at home, those lingering doubts turn into anxiety and depression or even guilt. We compare ourselves to others in the same vertical and second-guess our knowledge if someone in a more established position disagrees with us. We may constantly seek validation and then not believe that validation when it comes. Like, for me, I really, really love space, and I read hundreds of science articles from various space journals about new findings from the James Webb Space Telescope or new findings on matter and weather on other planets. However, when I go to recite these articles to other people, I feel a sense of doubt. Like, I'm not smart enough to understand space, even though I spent an hour reading a recently published document. It feels silly to think that I can't teach someone all the space stuff I know, but for some reason, I start forgetting all the facts of the story and feeling like I'm not smart enough to know what I'm talking about. This internalized inadequacy that comes from imposter syndrome is constantly nagging at us, reminding us that no matter what we do, it's just not good enough. Because of this persuasive self-doubt, we often strive to obtain a standard that is generally unreachable, thinking that if we just acquire the skills and knowledge others believe we have, then they'll never figure out that we were phonies in the first place. Unfortunately, we're unable to rise to the level of perfection required to pull this off. So the pressure we put on ourselves to succeed keeps mounting and mounting until we're too burnt out and exhausted to continue. Any successes that we do manage to achieve through this extraordinary effort do little to reassure us. We're externally chasing a moving goalpost and we're the ones pushing it back further and further and further. At work or school, even in our social lives, imposter syndrome stands in the way of us celebrating the achievements and accolades we've rightfully earned. Instead of recognizing our own ability, we attribute our successes to outside factors. Maybe you achieved a 4.0 in grad school? Well, the institute must not have been very good, or the assignments were way too easy. Maybe you were promoted at work? Eh, the powers that be obviously overlook some random minor infraction you committed because you definitely don't deserve to move up the ladder. Or maybe you won a pie-eating contest. You must have been the only one who came hungry. For every success, there's some external force influencing where the ball lands. Because we believe there is no way our intelligence or skills could have carried us into the end zone. When we feel this way, we fail to recognize the significance of our achievements. What should be our proudest moments are simply cases of mistaken accomplishment. Instead of celebrating our victories, we amplify our mistakes, our failures, and perceived shortcomings, labeling ourselves as unworthy and undeserving. One of my biggest moments of imposter syndrome was when I landed a job as the manager of digital video strategy for a casino company in Las Vegas. 
Deep down, I knew I had the skills to be there, but I didn't feel like I deserved the chance at the job. My degree wasn't something totally different than marketing, even though I knew I had the skills listed in the job description. I remember coming home every day after work crying because I felt like I was constantly waiting for my manager to find out that I was a big phony and I didn't know anything about marketing. Friends and family reassured me that they read my resume and they knew my skill set and I got the job because they wanted me there for it. But I couldn't let myself be happy about it no matter how hard I tried. In my mind, I just wasn't doing a good job. And that, my friends, is imposter syndrome. Sometimes the perfectionism that goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome makes us feel like our work is never ready. Constantly striving to reach an ever-moving goalpost tickles our inner perfectionism monsters, sending them into overdrive. Every detail must be examined, every route explored. There's always a better way to do this or do that. More research must be done so your lack of expertise goes unnoticed. And on and on and on. Your perfectionism monster is hungry and demands to be fed. For creative types, this leads to never sharing our work. Take writers, for example. Stories are constantly in the editing phase. Extensively edited scripts are described as rough drafts, so beta readers will be gentle in their criticisms. Final versions just flat out don't exist, and unfinished work sits on the shelf until the author no longer has the motivation to see the story to its end. It's the real side of perfectionism. And while I do suffer from imposter syndrome from time to time, it does not fuel my perfectionism. When it comes to content creation, in the beginning, you're focused on quantity, not quality. And I know that very well. The quality will come with time and practice. But when you're in the creation stage, quality will never come if you don't have the quantity to back it up. So while I am a YouTuber and a Twitch streamer during the day, I don't always put out videos that I love. Sometimes a video turned out to be just okay, and at the end of the day, I'm all right with that because I'd rather have content be consistent than just not upload at all. When it comes to starting other projects, like editing my vlogs, for example, don't call me out, Perfectionism isn't what's stopping me from editing these vlogs. It's the time to sit down to actually edit them. For me, time is my number one enemy, not my inner demons. But there is more to imposter syndrome than just perfectionism. Imposter syndrome makes us afraid to make mistakes for fear that we will be exposed as frauds. Mistakes are simply a part of life and everybody makes them. Committing an error doesn't mean that we're unintelligent, unskilled, or unable to do what's expected of us. Few and far between are the people who are so judgmental and unforgiving that they can't see past another person's blunders. Imposter syndrome, on the other hand, leads us to believe that even one mistake is evidence of total incompetence and inability. And we can't let anyone see even a shred of this evidence for fear they'll know the truth about us. This, of course, engages our perfectionism monsters. However, it also chips away at our assertiveness and willingness to volunteer for tasks that we are perfectly capable of doing. 
If we do take on a task, we prefer to huddle in our office, shielding our work so others don't see the mistakes we make before the project is finalized. We shy away from speaking at board meeting or group discussions, never offering our own opinions or answering questions just in case we might be wrong or sound stupid. And we certainly do not ask questions ourselves lest anyone should detect a gap in our knowledge. Being afraid to make mistakes holds us back and prevents us from gaining new knowledge. It whittles away at our confidence, destroying any self-assurance we've managed to build up. So how do we recognize imposter syndrome in ourselves? If you strongly relate to anything you've heard so far, chances are you may be experiencing imposter syndrome or have experienced it in the past. Since imposter syndrome is not officially recognized as a diagnosable mental disorder, it generally falls on us to identify it for ourselves. Though it's completely possible to be identified during a therapy session or conversation with a friend. Let's get down to the nitty gritty psychology of it all. First, here are some common thoughts or reactions one might have when struggling with imposter syndrome. Maybe you tell yourself, I'm a fraud. I've been tricking people into thinking I'm more intelligent or skilled than I am. And eventually someone is going to figure it out. This is basically the textbook version encapsulating all that imposter syndrome is. Another scenario, when someone praises you for a job well done, you think, They're just saying that to be nice, or especially in the case of family and friends, they have to say that because they're obligated to support me. In your mind, it wasn't your own skill and will that got you a praise in the first place. Something that I'm all too familiar with, if someone asks your opinion on a particular matter, you use minimizing language instead of confident rhetoric. Your answer reflects the self-doubt eating you up inside. Instead of factual statements, you'll say things like, I think it's like this, or I could probably do that, or I might be wrong, but... Voicing your insecurities is almost like a personal disclaimer or a get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will. If someone finds fault in your work, even though you've executed it perfectly, it's like a, eh, it might be right. I didn't say I knew. I do this all the time, period. Especially when I'm reciting things I know are factual. I've even done this on our own podcast, where I've said, oh, I read it online, so take it with a grain of salt, (laughs) even though I know it came from a reputable source, so the fact is true. When I was younger, like third or fourth grade, I would constantly follow up facts with, oh, I read it in a book once, because people never questioned books, but I felt like they would question me. So I hid behind words that I just said I read in a book. You can identify imposter syndrome other ways as well. Let's see if you fit into any of the descriptions commonly used to characterize different imposter syndrome personalities. Different studies categorize these personalities in different ways. But the most commonly cited imposter personalities come from the work of Dr. Valerie Young, who pretty much wrote the book on imposter syndrome. Here are the five types of imposter syndrome that she has identified. The first one is the perfectionist personality. 
We've already talked a lot about this one, but perfectionism can lead to forever chasing an ideal that simply can't be manifested. Errors are unacceptable, jobs are never done, and when you don't perform flawlessly, imposter syndrome tends to kick in. Another one is the soloist or individualist personality type. If you constantly feel like everything is on your shoulders and you have to take on the weight of the world yourself, you might fit into this category. People with this personality type prefer to work alone and feel as if they can't ask anyone else for help because that would be perceived as weakness or ineptitude. They would rather suffer in silence than let someone come to their aid. The third is the superhero personality. Superhero imposters have to do everything successfully to avoid feeling like a fraud. They're constantly balancing an unreasonable amount of tasks at the same time. They've had a hard time turning down requests and tend to be people pleasers. Their to-do list is constantly growing and they're obsessive workaholics. Okay, Dr. Valerie Young, way to call me out. This one is definitely me. The fourth one is the natural genius or the prodigy personality. Imposters who fall under this category judge their own competence by the speed and ease at which they are able to learn new things and grasp new concepts. They believe everything should come naturally to them, and if it doesn't, it's surely a sign that they're imposters. The idea that they're playing catch-up with their colleagues who are constantly succeeding while they're always failing is all too familiar for them. And lastly, we have the expert personality. Expert personalities are led by the belief that they have to know everything about their subject or else they're simply not good enough. They constantly strive to learn as much as they can about their profession and sometimes even adjacent professions. This is a personality type that tends toward procrastination because it is deemed necessary to be fully prepared before diving into a project. You don't have to fully relate to just one to feel like an imposter. Heck, you could relate to all of them in your own way. I know I certainly have dabbled in each of these five traits at least some point in my working career amongst friends and family. A deeper understanding of the root of your imposter syndrome can help you figure out what areas you need to work on to get over it. If you really want to get deep into the psychology of imposter syndrome, there are some studies out there that attempt to uncover the root causes of this behavioral phenomenon. A lot of it has to do with your upbringing and how successes and failures were rewarded or punished when you were young. So another way our parents fucked us up. No, I'm just kidding, but maybe I'm not. If that sounds interesting to you, I encourage you to look it up because it's really quite fascinating. Or if you'd like to have us have a whole episode that dives into this in more detail, let us know on social media. You can tweet us at apodanoodalon. Now, let's take a look at some do's and don'ts for coping with and overcoming imposter syndrome. Just a brief disclaimer before we get into these, I am not a mental health care professional, so this is just advice based on how I deal with my imposter syndrome whenever it hits. My hope is that they can help you too, but they're not a substitute for professional care if you feel like that is something that you might need to overcome. The first do on our list is know you're in good company. 
Imposter syndrome is actually incredibly common. There have been more than a handful of studies done, and many of them show that 70 to 80% of people have experienced imposter syndrome at some point in their lives. All those people you see doing awesome things and excelling in everything they do, chances are most of them feel like they're faking their way through life too. Deep down, knowing that everyone else feels like a fraud eases my mind. Like we're all just faking it until we make it, and then we get promoted and need to fake it some more. A don't on our list is don't be afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are not the enemy, they're how we learn. Shut out any voices, whether your own or someone else's, that tell you that mistakes are a sign of inferiority. Good people don't focus on your mistakes. They help you correct them so you can continue to succeed. I personally think mistakes are a part of life and help you grow as an individual. You get to make mistakes and you use those mistakes as a learning opportunity, furthering your own growth. So in a way, mistakes are kind of cool. Do search for underlying causes and treat those when you can. It can sometimes be hard to pin down what exactly is causing your imposter syndrome. But anxiety and depression often coincide with feelings of inferiority, so that can be a good place to start. You might have triggers that flip on the switch, so it's worth paying attention when imposter feelings pop up unexpectedly. Don't be afraid to explore, and don't be afraid to seek treatment if your feelings just won't go away. I'm a big advocate for therapy, as you all know, and a mental health care professional can play a big part in helping you overcome imposter syndrome, or straight up helping you diagnose and treat a much bigger concern you might have. Another don't is don't wait too long to make a change. Imposter syndrome is internalized inadequacy. The longer you let it fester, the stronger it grows and the harder it is to retain your brain. Recognizing the seeds of imposter syndrome early can help you prevent them from taking root and negatively impacting your life. Since learning to recognize when my imposter feelings are creeping in, it has been a lot easier for me to stop myself from spiraling. I just tell myself to stop it and think back to all my successes to prove I'm supposed to be where I am. In the workplace, I tell myself I did the work on the resume, I killed the interview, and I got the job. No one helped me do the work, no one helped me get the job, and that speaks for itself. This usually fixes my feelings, if not for a little bit. The biggest advice I have, and this one I need to take a little bit more to heart, is don't compare yourself to others. Usually when I start looking at how far others have come in less time than myself, do I start to spiral thinking I should have been further along in my career by now, or why didn't I invent Amazon or come up with a million dollar idea? Why am I not a child actor with a million dollars? I have to stop myself and realize that everyone's life journey is different. It's not about the destination, but how we got there, right? So if the destination of life is, well, death, then my own path is my journey and it's the people you meet and the experiences shared along the way, not who got there first. I hope some of these help ground you when your imposter syndrome starts spiraling down. But again, I'm not a professional, so take these with a grain of salt.
I know we said earlier that imposter syndrome is a wholly negative experience, but there is perhaps a small glimmer of good in it. Research overwhelmingly shows that even if you suffer from imposter syndrome, it doesn't change your knowledge, your competence, or ability to succeed. You are legit, you are capable, and your work does have merit. Even though it feels like your successes and achievements have come by some stroke of luck or some other external influence, the fact of the matter is you are being recognized because of what you put out into the world. It's a lot harder to fake intelligence, competence, and superior work than you might believe. Plus, with how much scrutiny we get from teachers, prospective employers, family members, friends, and random online armchair detectives, someone would have noticed by now if you were sketchy or inauthentic. Chances are they'd also confront you with their suspicions or alert some higher authority. If you were a phony, which you're not, you wouldn't get away with it for long. The fact that people around you are complimenting your work and celebrating your accomplishments is the best evidence you have to prove your value. They believe in you, and I believe in you, so you should believe in you too. Now go get it, girl. No, I'm kidding, but actually, you should go get it. All right, this episode got a little deep, but still, as always, I hope we gave you something to noodle on. If you are listening to this on your way to work, school, or wherever you're headed in life, just know that we all feel like frauds sometimes, and it's perfectly okay to not have everything figured out. We can play it by ear and let our plans unfold as our day does. Before you go, I wanted to leave you with this. Next time those imposter feelings start creeping in, take a moment to reflect on your accomplishments and tell yourself you deserve a seat at the table as much as those around you. If you have a story of imposter syndrome that you would like to share, join our Discord or tweet at us at apodanoodleon. Until next time, bye!